The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner at Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me, as always, is the wonderfully talented Michelle Yu Hansen. Michelle, where are you Billy. today? Billy. Where are you today? Oh, I'm at home, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. Look at you. You did all your breaking and training this morning and getting your kids to school and your nine other jobs? So um, right now I'm grounded. I'm I'm on foot at the farm only and Ryan's riding because I have Spencer with me because there was a positive in one of the classes at uh, a school. So, you know, he can't be in school. There. So, right. oh, I know. So now I have Spencer. So I don't get to ride right now. Just Ryan does. So I'm cleaning a lot of stalls. Okay. Well, muck and stalls. <laughs> That's good. Uh, we have a cool guest today. His name is Rob Rosette. Um, he has a really, really cool horse named Shinny that we're going to learn about. That was the, I guess, all time leading. I don't know what he, he won. Like, horse of 2021. He won like 1600 straight races or something. So we're going to find out about Rob and Shinny, uh, in a minute. But before we do, we're going to get right to our three things of note. Michelle, three things of note is brought to you by, we don't know. We're just hoping that a sponsor. Oh, I off. thought you were going to say Taylor made maybe. Oh, right? that'd be cool. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, we'll let them. We'll let them do this. We're letting them fight them. Fight for it. Okay. Go ahead. Three things of note brought to you by Taylor Maine Stallions. <laughs> um, so the first thing of note is Irad Ortiz is going to be sidelined. He injured his knee. Okay. You know. Listen. I, I feel bad for the guy, but he also, you know, tried to put one guy over a fence recently. Maybe he needs the time off. He just came back. <laughs> I mean, really? Like, am I supposed to feel bad for him? Okay. Fair enough. Uh, the second thing of note is it's the January sale going on right now. Yeah, big number. And which was has been postponed. Yeah, huge number. So the opening session grossed 18 million, which is a 45.7% increase over 2021. So I think that's a, just a great thing to know for our industry that you know the the action is really hot right now. Yeah, what do you think what do you attribute it to, Michelle? Do you have any idea? Ooh, I I don't I mean, know. Is it just, but... is it just COVID? Uh, you know, people made money during COVID. Is it that they're bored? Is it that they just want more horses? Is it what is it? I don't know what it is, but I didn't notice. I thought some of the short yearlings were really pricey, and so maybe that's just like a continuation of a good market. Because if you're buying a pricey short yearling, you're probably thinking to sell him for more. I mean, right. unless they're going to race him, but right. I mean. When you're when you're spending like over three hundred thousand on on a short yearling, that's a lot. Michelle, you know what? A lot of people who listen to the show might not know what a short yearling is. Would you explain it? Yeah, sure. So generally, when we have the yearling sales, that is in September ish, you know, around the fall area, and all horses' birthdays that are race horses is January first. So that means they're going to be two year olds coming January first. When you buy a horse that's officially a yearling that they just turned a yearling, but it's early on in the year, we call that a short yearling because they're not yet the size, the scope that you would see of one that's being sold at the end of their yearling year. Okay. Very good. Fair. 
Okay. Okay. Um, good for Keeneland. So Keeneland good for is Keeneland. a good company. We like Keeneland. I like Shannon Arvin. I like a lot of things they're doing. And uh, it is a good sign that people are spending money in our industry. And it's, this is an all, an all ages sale, right? So this is mares yeah. in full. This is, uh, you know, babies. This is all kinds of things. So right. it's good to see that because that's a good forecast for the future of our industry, right? If you're buying a mare and you're planning on foaling it and breeding it back, that means you think the industry is continuing to thrive, right? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, in that same kind of vein, my third thing of note, because you know I love this, Billy, is babies. <laughs> oh, is this that? What? <laughs> What's that thing you like? Full patrol? Is that what full it's called? Full patrol, yes. That's, that's like your favorite so, thing in the world. Full patrol. Male full patrol is on today. And uh, grade one winner and 2020 Eclipse Award champion, Older Male Improbable, had his first full born January 10th. So just a couple of days ago at Blue Water Farm, it was bred by China Horse Club, and he's out of the Into Mischief Mare Dark Corner. So he is cute. I'm he's got so a big, excited. big uh, white on his face, just like Improbable. Yeah, he does. Huge white with a little like over his right eye. He's cute. I think that was one of my worst. It's, you know, it, it's so funny. It all comes together. I read Ortiz. We talked about and Improbable. We talked about and when those two hooked up in the Breeders' Cup Classic at Keeneland. It cost me a lot of money. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, because I'm they just sorry. let Johnny V boat on the lead. I saw an interesting stat, Michelle, and maybe this is uh, point four of our uh, three things of note. But did you see okay. this, the jockey statistics at Santa Anita? Uh, where Flavian Pratt and Johnny V win half of the races? I mean, literally, I think the, the, there's been, what, 75 races, and they've won, what did it say, 37 or 38 of them or something? Some crazy number? A lot. It's, it's, how about, it's how about Ryan was waiting between two races to run a horse in? Yeah. And he was like, I don't know. I guess if I could get like Johnny V, I've got a good chance. Let's give a call. And and he was open. Ryan's like, well, that, that seals the deal for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's kind of, I don't know. There was a day, I don't think it was, I don't, I think it was two weekends well, ago. I mean, he won six two weekends ago. Yeah, that day. was the day. And I looked and I texted a couple of people who are fr I'm friends with that I do, you know, fun late night texts, texts when I'm looking over the form. And Pratt was on 10 races and in eight of them, he was the morning line favorite. Mm -hmm. And that was the day he ended up winning six and running second and four. That's just, yeah. that's He's incredible. So sometimes when you're handicapping a ticket, or at least me, and I'm like, oh, crap, I like a whole lot of Mike Smith today. I'm like, how many in a row can he win? And when, when it's Flavian, I legit am never like, ooh, could Flavian win three in a row? Hell yeah, Flavian can win three in a row. Yeah, so I like just six in a row. One, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Agreed. Anyway. All Agreed. Right. Agreed. All right. Um, what you want to just go to the interview? Let's do that. Yeah. All right, let's get to the interview today. Um, we will take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Rob Reset. Just want to remind you guys that Adelphi Racing Club is a club of like-minded people who enjoy horse racing. And hey, it's the new year. It's going to be time to get into horse racing. Adelphi's founding partners have all owned horses and other partnerships and syndicates, as well as on their own. And the overachieving goal with Adelphi is to blend the benefits of solo ownership without the administrative hassle, along with the thrill of partnership experiences. Adelphi offers an interactive ownership experience with real-time access to their partners, trainers, bloodstock advisors, as well as other members of the team and they've got an exciting class of upcoming yearling prospects which are now available i have to say you guys get into it you're looking for a horse for the new year join the club check out matt m-a-t-t -T, at adelphi racing.com a-d-e-l-p-h-i racing.com 
All right, back here on the Horse Ownership Experience, we have a very special guest today, and uh, Michelle was kind enough to bring to our attention Rob Rosette. Am I saying that right, Rob? Yeah, Rosette. Rosette. Okay, I, I think I was maybe making a little French, but it's not It's not French. It's yeah. Rosette. Moving my, moving my family a little further to the east on the globe. Well, well <laughs> before we even get started and find out about your journey, where are you right now? Where, where are we calling? Uh, I'm in Chandler, Arizona. Uh, I'm, I have a, a law firm that's based here. Well, good. Different offices around the country, but I'm based out of here. Do you? Do you? Uh, I I always need a lawyer. So after the show's over, we'll we'll probably talk. Okay. I don't yeah, think he handles that I kind do, of law, uh, Billy. Oh. Yeah. Unfortunately, I do federal Indian law. I represent uh, federally recognized Indian tribes and help them with with their treaty rights issues, state state uh negotiations you know help them with casino developments things like that yeah that's probably not up my alley and way too sophisticated for me as well all right let's let's get into this though rob uh, w- uh, tell us about your horse racing journey how did you first get into uh horse ownership well i i think just you know for me just becoming a fan of horse racing uh really and probably like most people that started when i was eight years old at the Navajo County fair in Holbrook, Arizona. And, and, uh, you know, talking priests and the, the local priest and the buying me $2 show bets at the window. Uh, <laughs> was that when they had the, the, was the two, was those the, were those the tickets that were the colored ones that I used to get when yeah, I was a kid? Yeah, exactly. And I remember the, the Catholic church always uh, sold hamburgers and, and French fries. And as a kid, I, I would volunteer there and, and that's what I would use the, the money on. And I just never felt such a, a great environment and rush. And as I got older, my, my dad uh, owned horses and, and trained them. And I had uncles that did the same. And finally, when, you know, after I got out of law school and was out of law school for a while and had a good income, you know, I, I just needed some sort of uh, something to get my competitive juices flowing because, you know, I, I, I've always been a competitor. I love sports. Uh, and you know, the, the physical limitations, once you hit your thirties and forties are such that, you know, I had to find another way to keep my competitive juices flowing and the outlet of, of owning horses really does that. I mean, it just brings so much joy and, and competitiveness and excitement where I get to compete, you know, at a, at an athletic level and, and be a part of a team. Uh, and I get the easy thing, you know, I just, ha- I just have to pay some, some modest bills to get, you know, all the glory and joy that comes from winning races. It is funny you say that, Rob, because for years, and Michelle can confirm this, we've been saying that uh, horse racing ownership is like a, a team, like the owner is either the owner or the general manager, uh, the trainer is the coach, the horses are the players, you know, the jockeys, another, I don't know what they are, I can't even talk about them right now, but um, it's an interesting comparison, right? Absolutely. That's, that's the way I approach, you know, sort of my ownership style. I mean, I, I don't make any decisions unless the trainer, uh, Robertino, much like a general manager would, would okay it and tell me that it's okay to do. Uh, he tells me yes, maybe only 20% of the time <laughs> with the ideas I have, uh, and no, the other 80, um, wait, wait, I got to know some of the things that he says yes and no to. Can you give us like two or three examples? Well, you, so for sure, usually on, on a claim, you know, if I, if I see a horse in a form and I'm like, boy, I really want this horse, he'll say, 
not, not going to let you do that, you know. <laughs> or I might say, hey, I was looking at this condition book, and I think we should enter the horse here. He he's very direct and says, not not right by the horse, Rob. We're not we're not doing that either. Um, and and for me, you know, I recognize that uh, he has a, a level of expertise that I don't to know the horse and to know Mm -hmm. horses and behavior and traits because he's with them every day. Uh, and so he knows things he makes, he makes better informed decisions than I do, but I'll tell you what, the 20% of the time he says, yes, brings a hundred percent enjoyment and fulfillment and having a complete stable and, and having a blast with it. Can we go back and, uh, you tell us how you first, first got involved with Robertino? Uh, yeah, I uh, basically had horses at, at Turf Paradise in Phoenix. Robertino was relatively new, had a very small and humble stable. Uh, I noticed mostly uh, a, a couple guys from Canada. And I, I had a, a different trainer at the track and, you know, also had a pretty small stable, usually between three and six horses. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, uh, in just like a year's time, I saw – Robertino ascend to, to uh, leadership or le- leader standings with relatively few horses and a modest operation. And I guess to be candid with you, I got tired of getting beat by him and <laughs> literally got a, got, you know, I was getting beat by his horses. It seemed like every time I had a horse entered, he had one entered and he, and he would beat us and we would run second. And you know, I, I got to know Robertino and, and spoke with him a few times and I liked him. I, I liked some of his philosophy. He's like me, a competitor. I, I like to win in the courtrooms. I, I don't cut corners. I, I work hard. I, I'm overly prepared. And he struck me as that way as a trainer. And so I literally walked my horses from one barn to the next in the middle of the night, one at a time. I did it oh, myself. Wow. You did it yourself. Uh, Interesting. So- what, you know, it that's an interesting point you didn't like getting beat you if you can't beat them join them right we say that all the time mm-hmm. so so rob um what do you think now that you've been with robertino what makes him better or what makes his horses win more than some other trainers what what can you attribute it to i think more than anything he recognizes that we're in this to, to fill some of those needs like to compete and things like that but he's also conscious that he he like to see us make money. Uh, me as mm-hmm. an owner make money. That it, he he runs it like a business, and he makes sure that I'm running it like a business. And because of that, you know, I've just noticed things that he does that are really beyond reproach. His integrity is off the charts. I'll, I can give one anecdote early on when I had a horse that. Uh, didn't run well and didn't run well again. And for the first time I had a trainer call me and say, Rob, you need to get this horse off the track. You, you know, we shouldn't, I'm not going to find a spot to win. Wow. I've never heard a trainer say that to me. Right. And I said, thank you. Go ahead, do it. He goes, well, I, I can get rid of him for X price. I said, go ahead. Thank you for, for letting me know. Well, about two weeks later, actually it was about a month later, that same horse was entered in a race, uh, and Robertino was the trainer and I was the owner. And I called him and I said, I, I thought you told me that you were going to sell that horse. And he said, 
You know, Rob, I forgot to tell you, and I'm happy <laughs> you called, but I I talked, I was able to work with the track and they wrote a condition that I think that horse could actually win. And I thought to myself, let's keep him in uh, one more time, one more race. And I tell you what we're going to do. If he wins, uh, pay the bill. And if he doesn't win, I'm just going to ride it off and we're going to get rid of the horse. And it's at that moment where I just realized, like, Robertino is is more than just this trainer that you pay a bill to. And he he's really got this sort of uh, relationship perspective and viewpoint, uh, respect of, of the owner in many ways and, and wanting rooting for them and wanting them to win. And I noticed it both in the statistics, just the hardcore statistics. I've actually turned profits uh, with Robertino. Um, and significant profits at that, but I just uh, and and I'm ta- you're talking to me now and giving you that anecdote with thirty five hundred dollar claimers up to you know twenty thousand, yet he's training horses entered in the Kentucky Derby or Breeders Cup, mm-hmm. and so it just he's a very dynamic uh, trainer that I just think has been so good for the sport. I probably would be out of the sport as an owner if I had not walked those horses over that evening. Interesting. So you started around 2003, I know, and, and I want to I want to talk about Shinny because I think he's the coolest story. So what is if, Shinny? I'm getting, if I'm getting this right, it's like 19 and 20, your stable had really slowed down and you were on the brink of not having horses, right? Yeah, 2020, <laughs> not 1920, okay. but... Um, yeah, 2020. Oh, I see. 19 and 20. Yeah, it did slow down with COVID. I kind of lost interest. Uh, Turf Paradise closed, and I like the base, even though my horses will travel with Robertino from time to time. That's the other thing. It keeps me in a keeps my horses at, at good levels and good places where they can compete. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just you know was down to one horse. His name was Rocky Boy Indian. I named him after my tribe. And that was it. And he was running like lowest level, like, and Robertino told me that as well. I said, well, are you sure we're going to enter him in 3000 claimer? He's like, Rob, you need to run him in 3000 claimer. Uh, and that was the only horse I had. And he, I even took him off the track for six months to just save him for turf paradise when they reopened in January. And when I was out, I went to the races the first day they opened in January of 2020 or 2021. And that's when I looked at the, the form like for the next day and I saw Shinny in there for 3,500. And I knew right away if, if I called, because Robertino told me before he wanted to see me elevate a little bit and, and see if I could, you know, once I got back in, cause I told him I was wanting to get back in. He said, he'd like to see me elevate my stock a little bit and own horses that, you know, I, I took it as a compliment that would, that would fit kind of with, with my attitude. <laughs> and my competitive nature. And I, and I told him, yes. But then when I saw Shinny for 3,500, my first thought was there's no way Robertino's going to let me go for this. <laughs> so I, I kind of teed it up is like, look, buddy, let me do something really degenerate uh, because it is. And turf paradise had increased their purses. I mean, $3,500 claimers, the purses are upwards of 14, $15,000 now. Wow. And so from, you know, you can pencil that out. And I told Robertino, like, look, if you let me claim a $3,500 horse just to get back in uh, with conditions, non-winners of two, three or four, I said, if, 
if he runs, you know, no good, then we can put him back in the condition and, you know, I, I've, I will have learned my lesson. I said, but what do we have to lose with that purse value? And if he's, if he, even if he does win, we could come back at non-winners of three or non-winners of four. So Robertino gave me the green light. And man, I, for some reason, I just knew that we were onto something with this horse uh, because of his history, his breeding. He performed well in New Mexico. And I had a feeling that the trainer was probably, and it was owned and trained by the same guy. I had a feeling he probably entered him low to scare folks off that was trying to, to, to meet a condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he won that race easily. Uh, and I was really happy. And Robertino surprised me and said, let's go ahead and move him up to 8,500, more than double what we paid for him. And he ran great again and had an excuse. He should have won that race. And uh, I actually, uh, looking at condition books again, I weigh in a little bit more active than owners, but I always tell Robertino I'm the best owner because I do whatever he says. <laughs> um, you just want to, we call I that did, pretend input. It's like you kind of pretend, yeah. pretend like you're really involved, but you're really not. That's the, that's what go. I have at my house. That's what I have in my life. I'm going to take credit for, for things every once in a while. Right. <laughs> like Sandy. Um, so I, I saw this race that said, if you never won on turf, you can enter them. It's a starter allowance that have never won on turf. I'm like, man, that looks like an easy condition. So we gave it a go. And he really crushed. Like I, He won by over six lengths. And I think you guys know the story. Um, I don't that know the horse story. Ended up Shinny. Yeah, that horse ended up winning 10 in a row. Whoa. Some of those purses were in the $30,000 range. Okay, you, uh, I, I just and, pulled and, him up. He won at Turf wait, Paradise. Wait, I, want to give him, I want to give you a very cool thing. So Canterbury. he won 10 in a row. He won 12 wins total in 2021, making him the winningest horse in North America for that year by number of wins. 45,972 horses raced in 2021. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of see myself in shit. I mean, I, I, I grew up on a, on a border town on an Indian reservation in a single white trailer and have built a pretty nice law firm nationwide. And so I, I just look at Shinny and here's this $3,500 claimer. I guarantee, I mean, I can't guarantee it, but it is probably the cheapest level because uh, it's a condition it's probably the cheapest level you can enter a horse in in America to begin with. And he went on to win over a hundred thousand dollars last year, become the winningest horse in North America. And I'm just tickled pink. Like this horse has really distinguished himself and he's such a character because he's tiny, he's diminutive. uh, He doesn't look like much, even when you watch his, his uh replays he looks like he's gonna lose every single time <laughs> you can't even you lose track of him in some races because he's so small really just, yeah this is a like, great story the, the, this is unbelievable yeah, the, where do you put all the winter circle pictures uh, i've got him in a, in a little binder and i'm gonna do something special you know i don't you know better what yet, but i'm gonna do something nice and and ha- hang it on my wall I mean, what's the... And then, then, you know, the the other thing that uh, I've said, and, you know, all of a sudden, I've got this gigantic horseman's account. Um, (laughs) Well, what else have you claimed? Well, I I completely changed the business model. You know, there's too many $3,500 horses to claim with that amount of money. So 
I, I stopped doing that and uh, I went to an auction, the Ocala sale, and we bought a two-year-old filly. Uh, her name's, I named her after one of my clients, the Lac du Désert Chippewa tribe. So her name's Lac du Désert. And currently she's in Oakland uh, preparing for her first race that's going to be about 30 days out. That's great. But for a very humble owner like me to now have a two-year-old, you know, I worked with Nick Hines who, who helped uh, get her for us. Um, to have a horse at that level is a dream come true. And then the other thing we did, uh, as Shinny kept winning, in November we claimed uh, Tiger Dad out of California. Yes, know you him well. Probably familiar with He's on he's on the commercials on TV, the Smiling Tiger, and I'm like, what in the world is this horse doing in a uh, in a claiming fifty thousand dollar claiming race? And again, Robertino was on the fence, but gave me the green light. <laughs> you know, he said that's a risky claim, but if you want to do it, go for it. So we did it, and we flipped him back in two weeks here at Turf Paradise in the in the Luke Krabbush Stakes for sixty thousand, and he won. So. I now have, you know, never dreamed of having a horse of that quality running in a stakes race, and he took first place. Yeah, uh, you got a lot of your investment back in in one one little fell swoop. Yeah, and and that horse, Tiger Dad, is massive. I mean, he is a be- he is a beautiful horse to look at, um, especially standing next to Shinny. <laughs> and you know, everyone likes to go to the. I remember when he won that stakes race and everyone was just so awe-inspired and what a great horse. And I told everyone, I said, look, that little horse two stalls down, Shinny is responsible for everything that, that we're doing. That's you very know, cool. So you, you might want to, you know, think Tiger Dad's all that, but the only reason he's here and we get to be affiliated with him and we get to win a stakes race is because of my little $3,500 Shinny. I think it's, I think Michelle, you know, we talk about this all the time. It's that good horses can come from anywhere. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, even a 35, I mean, you look at some of the greatest horses of all time, like a John Henry, who nobody wanted the, everyone has seen the sea biscuit story. Right. And I think what, what Rob, what you're telling us and what's a really good message to our audience is that you don't necessarily need to play at the uh, highest level. You don't need to be um, Starlight, that that whole group with Maticate and Starlight, and and spend you know forty million dollars on yearling colts to enjoy horse racing. It is not oh, just no. that, and that's why I think it's really good uh, you know to have you on the show and spread that message that you know hey if you're in Arizona there's a way to get involved there's a way there there's good people down there there's horses down there that can win races and actually turn a profit and rarely uh, do we say that on the show because we know how hard it is so um your story is is very inspiring and and I hope that you you keep going and I hope that uh um you know you, you keep looking for those diamonds in the rough and I I have one kind of final question for you and that is if 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 a new owner was calling you, what what kind of advice would you give them if someone was trying to get in the game? I I would say um, treat treat it like treat it like a business. Approach it logistically and assemble a good team. Uh, find a trainer that you're comfortable with and that you can trust and that you enjoy being around. Find you know the right horse uh, that that fits within your budget that you think you can re- truly enjoy and not be stressed about. And then, you know, obviously the jockey, 
I, I look forward to, you know, that whole team concept and I get to be a part of it and compete and win awards and, and prize money. It's unbelievable. You know, it's, it's the best feeling that you could ever imagine that we're able to capture uh, as owners. And, you know, that's what I would say. Uh, assemble a good team and run it like a business. Uh, be responsible and you, you'll, you'll find no greater satisfaction in life, even if, even if you lose or it's not successful. If you, if you handle it that way and you treat it that way and you work hard, you will inevitably become successful. I think it's a great, it certainly great bring message. your happiness. Yeah, well, yep. the happiness too, that, that's an important part of it. And we really appreciate you coming on and sharing your stories, Rob. Um, we wish you the best of luck and keep us posted on uh, Shinny and Tiger Dad. And, and we'll, we'll look out for the two year old. What's the two year old's name again at, at Oakland? Let you desire. I named her after a Chippewa tribe in Michigan. Can she, you'll have clients. to spell yeah. that. Can she run? Uh, it's L-A-C and then V-I-E-U-X and then D-E-S-E-R-T. I okay. think Robertino probably rolled his eyes when, it, when yeah, I gave him the name. We'll but I, did yeah. get, I did get tribal approval on it. And, you know, as far as whether she can run, she's got three really great works and – my view is I don't think Robertino would have her at, at Oakland if he didn't think she could run. Now I, I don't I'm not that blunt and ask that kind of question. You don't ask, but oh, I, I ask every one of my trainers: Can this horse run? Yeah, well, see, I, <laughs> maybe I'm doing I'm it wrong. See, if Robertino sent her to her paradise, then I, I'd be like, okay, I see where she where she fits I because uh, that's how Rocky Boy Indian ended up at her. <laughs> uh, Rob, with this one. The fact he took her, first of all, he did something different with her, which was put her at that Highland Training Center in Texas, and that was unique. But the fact that he then said, because he said, I'm going to figure out what to do with her after I, I watch her for a while. And then he said, I'm, I'm taking her to Oakland. That meant a lot to me. Uh, and I had never had the conversation with him, but I, I know that he's looking out for my best interest. So. Well, that's a good I just, I good think, situation to have. I guess have to answer the trainer. question, I, I think she can run. All right, we'll be we'll be watching her and we'll be gambling because that's what we do on the show. We get tips <laughs> from our people, and then we, you know, like Bill Strauss, and then I had to mention Bill Strauss, Matt, uh, Michelle. Oh, and I can't wait. I want to see how many wins Shinny can get this year. Let's get it going. Oh, I uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. And I always say, look, there's nothing better than getting dizzy at the track, and that includes winning tickets. There you go. Rob Rosette, really, really appreciate you coming on the show today and continued success. Have a great 2022. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share Shinny. You got it. Thanks. Sh- well, we appreciate it. The Shinny story. Bye-bye. Here on the Horse and I have a, I'll just tell you. I oh, we very, got more. I have a very deep reservoir of respect for uh, Michelle Yu. I mean, terrific. Her analysis. TV presence, everything. So it's a pleasure to thank you, Rob. Speak with you. Wow, I appreciate that. That and was not a paid advertisement either. You know, uh, it's okay. He doesn't even know who I am, so that's cool. <laughs> I do now. Oh, you do now. All right, you look me up. Thank you, Rob. Have a great thanks, day, and Rob. thanks for coming on the show, Rob Rosette, here on the Horse Ownership Experience. We'll be right back. Looking for a good stallion in 2022 for your mare. How about well, this? yes, I am. I knew you always are, Michelle. But how about this roster at TaylorMade Stallions? Are you ready for this, Michelle? I'm ready. Instagram, remember him? Oh, yeah. Instilled Regard, grade one winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Midnight Storm, one of our favorite horses, obviously. Mm-hmm. Michelle Wish, uh, Not This Time, who every time I look up, it seems like Not This Time has a win. Do you agree with that? 
Yes. He's the, he's the leading second Including trups. Including this week uh, in a stake on right. Sunday at the fairgrounds. And how about new to TaylorMade in 2022? They have Nick's Go. All he did was win the Breeders' Cup Classic and probably be Horse of the Year. And I think this is one of your favorite horses, Tacitus. Remember Tacitus? Oh, Tacitus. Yes. You love Tacitus. <laughs> this is all at TaylorMade Stallions. Call Travis White today and get your mare to TaylorMade. Mm-hmm. All right, Michelle, you know what? I appreciate that because, uh, you know, bringing in Rob Reset, I thought that was a really cool interview because, as I think I mentioned, he's not Judmont. He's not right. Godolphin. It's not Stone Street. It's a little guy, with all due respect to Rob, uh, in, in Arizona who's had some really good success, claimed a horse for $3,500 that won 10 straight races. I mean, you don't, that just doesn't happen all the time. And now he's gotten in other points of, parts of the game. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this two-year-old Noclon and, of course, the claim of Tiger Dad. So um, it's nice to hear all different types of owners that are in our game. And I appreciate you getting them on. Thanks, Billy. I appreciate it. And thank you for Robertino for the assist. Yeah, very nice. It was, it was, it was good to hear. I thought he was uh, very uh, well-spoken and, and he understands the game. And, and I think he, he abides to some of the same rules that I abide to Michelle, which your husband would really like. And I'm, we should make t-shirts that just say, trust your trainer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If we, I think we'd all be better off. And a lot of times Once look, he said I picked up the condition book. That's when the TikTok trend needs to go. No, just no, no absolutely. Just, no. just put it down. Nope. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michelle, what's uh, coming up at the Great Race Place this weekend? Because we know you'll be there, and it's a special four-day week. Yes, it's a four-day racing weekend because we are going to have racing on Monday for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, So Friday – did I say four days? Yeah, Yeah. wait. It is four days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yes, okay, I'm stupid. So Friday – is um no stakes but we do have just you know our our everything going on free fridays and drink specials saturday is the burger and brew fest which is curated by smorgasbord and every like group they have brought in so far like the chicken sandwiches and everything has been amazing so so are those the trucks no so these are like private people that like come in and and you Uh, go online to sanity.com and you buy like a ticket to burgers and brew you can, yes. Okay. And actually, if you go on to Sanity.com, there is a 20% off coupon Ooh. right now. So, like, yes. you buy, like, a, you buy them, like, by the pack, right? So, you can get, like, burgers and a betting voucher and admission and parking and oh, all cool. this jazz. You can get burgers and beer or seltzer. You, I mean, there's all kinds of different options. Um, you can also do, like, a tasting like a, and get, like, a flight. But you can get a discount if you go on to sanity.com. So that's the key right there. Right. So, um, so there's that going on. And then as far as stakes goes, it is Cal Cup Day. So it's the Unusual Heat Turf Classic, the Sunshine Millions Turf Sprint, the Leanne Howard Cal Cup Oak, the Don Valpredo Cal Cup Sprint, and the Cal Cup Derby all on Saturday. It pays to own a Calbred. Right. Isn't that the commercial? And then you have anything it running? It pays to be a Calbred. Uh, just a maiden, I think. Okay. Um, and then what's the next day? Sunday and Sunday, there's no stakes racing, but we do have pick them going on. Um, and then Monday holiday racing, same first post of 1230. They're going to have the $40 handicapping contest, dollar beers, dollar sodas. Ooh. That's huge. Dollar and hot the dogs. Extra steaks. No, you know, they, they, they usually those do dollar $2 hot dogs. hot dogs is what oh, it is. It's not man. dollar hot dogs, but it's yeah, $2 right. hot dogs. Yeah. Is it $2 hot dogs? 
Yeah, so it's dollar beers, dollar sodas, and two dollar hot dogs. Ooh. Do you I know could... the dollar beers was my idea? Uh, well, my really? fault. So we were promoing it like on air, and I was like, "It's dollar beer, dollar hot dogs, dollar soda, dollar popcorn." Well, dollar beer was not a part of it. <laughs> so many people like came and asked for it. They like had to do it, and now it's been a thing ever since. I like. I think you should have said it's dollar champagne. I wish, right? I, you don't want to know the champagne that you get for a dollar is the problem. <laughs> now, when you do your picks, your daily picks, and you post that picture of yourself, and you have a horse in a race, do you have to pick your horse? No, only if I own the horse. Oh, okay. So you, are you picking so, Hard Diane? I am actually going to pick Hard Diane. Mm, okay. Friday, Hard Diane. A Race waffle? Mommy? Spencer Wait, wants a waffle. Can you put Spencer on the air? Spencer, come here. You want to talk to Billy? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll close on that. Michelle, uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, uh, tweet us at own a horse at the, B, at the BKLRF. That's funny. At the Michelle U at BKLRF. Um, we really appreciate all the comments, everybody listening, downloading. We are part of the In The Money Media Network, and uh, it's really fun to be involved with them. We're planning some big things in, uh, in 2022. We had a really cool meeting the other day, Michelle, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, so uh, we're going to keep up, uh, uh, do the best we can to hit you every week with a new owner, some new information, except on weeks where it's just me and Michelle handicapping the Breeders' Cup and crushing. Right, Michelle? Ooh. Yes. Um, anything else? Is that it? I miss you. Miss you. Talk to you later.